want to act funny with me? Come on, you need some changing. Amen. Tell them if I don't do something that you asked me to do, you want to act funny with me? Come on, look at your neighbor and talk. This is your opportunity. Tell them, why are you acting funny with me? Because I'm sure the Lord told you to do something that you didn't do. He didn't act funny with you. Yeah. This journey, you got to count up what? The cost. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And he should be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Come worship with us. Enter the nomination of faith, church of the living God. 1279 Pickett Road, Leesville, Louisiana. Where God is first and people are always. Welcome to the Living Your Destiny broadcast with Dr. John Barton, bringing you the Word of God with simplicity and revelation. Now, let's join Dr. Barton for today's message. So if you're dealing, if you're having tough times in finances, guess what? You need to be finding scriptures that pertain to financial prosperity. You know what I do? I write the scriptures down. Pastor, why you write it down? It's already written. No, no, no. It's nothing like your handwriting. On the Word of God. When I started preaching at 19, you know, I, st- I took a notebook and I just started writing all types of scriptures. Because what I was doing, as you write things on paper, it's like you're writing it on your heart. So you need to be strategic. If you're dealing with health issues, that's not the time to be decreeing financial blessing. You need to focus on healing scriptures that will produce those results in your body. I guarantee you, if I ask 10 people right now what you're going through, they'll be quick to tell you. But what's the word you're standing on concerning that? I don't know. You can't be a member of New Kingdom Ministries International if you don't know. Come on, somebody. Well, I'm dealing with warfare in my mind. Have you found scriptures? To help you in that area? Or you just pray, pray, oh, you know. No, no, no. You have to be strategic in your prayer life. How many of you understand that? So uh, also when you're praying, you know what prayer does? Prayer helps you to unload. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, casting all your care upon him, for he cared for you. In other words, cast all your cares, cast all your worries, cast all your anxieties upon the Lord. Psalms 55, verse 22, cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. Prayer will sustain you during the time of adversity. Prayer will sustain you during the time of of difficulty. Your prayer life is what's going to sustain you, people of God. And in the midst of tough times, you cannot hobo on somebody else's prayer. Too many spiritual hobos. Oh, pray for me. Oh, pray for me. Oh, pray for me. Oh, pray for me. Can I tell you, I can appreciate y'all praying for me, but guess what? I'm not depending on your prayers. I want everybody to understand. I want you to understand. Because you get fickle sometimes. You might, you get moody. 
So if I don't have a prayer life and I'm depending on you to pray for me, I'm in trouble. Oh, I appreciate you praying for me. I appreciate it. I appreciate it very much. I appreciate it. Thank you. But I'm not dependent on it. You can't hold on somebody else's prayer. You can't delegate this. As a pastor, I can't delegate prayer. And I don't pray. Oh, yes, we can come into agreement. But, see, these are times where God wants to draw closer to you. He wants to reveal himself to you. He wants to show you something about himself. He wants to show you. Not your intercessory prayer, buddy. Not the preacher. Come on, he wants to show himself strong to you. You need a prayer life. Amen, somebody. So back to Ephesians 6, 18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, even during tough times, you need your Holy Ghost language. You need your Holy Ghost prayer language. You need to learn and practice praying in the Holy Ghost. Because there are things that cannot be manifested in your life just with head knowledge. Or just with you praying in your, in your native language. You need supernatural language. Because as you're praying in the Holy Ghost, the Bible says in Corinthians, you're praying secrets. You're praying mysteries. One translation says you're praying divine strategies. Many times. Now, situations come up, I'm praying in the Holy Ghost. And I'm just praying, praying over, praying over, praying in the Holy Ghost, walking around, just pacing, praying in the Holy Ghost. And all of a sudden, something in my spirit begins to manifest. Answers begin to come forth because I'm, I'm tapping into a different realm. See, we got to pray strategically. Amen, somebody. Okay, so I gave you a lot with prayer. But that can be a whole series all by itself. Daniel prayed three times a day. Here's another thing concerning prayer. See, there may be times where you want to appoint to praying about that situation. Every morning at 5, every morning at 6, I'm going to pray about this situation that time. And you don't skip a beat until you get results. Strategy. Strategy. Amen? Number two, winning strategy to execute during tough times. Number two, sow your way out. Sow your way out or give your way out. Genesis 26, turn there. Give your way out. Sow your way out. Genesis 26, verse 1, you have it? Say amen. All right, you can't find Genesis. Come on. I know I'm moving quickly, but got to get it. Genesis 26, verse 1, and there was a famine in the land. Beside the first one that was in the days of Abraham, and Isaac went unto Abimelech, king of the Philistines, unto Gerar. And the Lord appeared unto him and said, go not down into Egypt. See, that's why you need to pray. Because God's going to show you where to go and where not to go. That's why he'll give you divine direction. He says, don't go into Egypt. Now, Abraham went into Egypt, right? When Abraham was in that famine, he went into Egypt. But that, that was not God's plan for for Isaac during the time of famine, not here. That's why you need a personal relationship with God. So he says, do not go into Egypt. Dwell 
in the land which I shall tell thee of. Sojourn in this land, and I will be with thee, and will bless thee. Notice what God is doing. He's going to show him what's going to happen when he fulfills his responsibility. If you go to where I tell you to go, I'm going to bless you. For unto you and unto your seed, I will give all these countries. Glory to God. I'm sorry. I'm in my praise break. We got to start declaring countries and nations. Do you know how rich Abraham and Isaac was? They didn't just own a house. They owned countries. Oh, Lord, I'm getting excited all by myself. Calm down, boys. Calm down, boy. So he says, when you obey me, I'm going to give you something greater than what you even expected. Because some of you, look at Abraham's case. Abraham was believing for a child. That's all he wanted. God said, I want multitudes from you. So you might be going through a tough time. God may want to help develop some faith. So that you can start dreaming bigger than what you've been dreaming. In other words, David, you want a kingdom? You need a Goliath. You can't be fighting midgets all your life. Come on. <laughs> no offense. I mean, <laughs> somebody just got it. <laughs> You're facing a giant because of the magnitude of the promise that God is about to release in your life. I don't know who that was for. I'll take it for myself. Glory to God. So God wanted to give him countries and multitudes. And notice what he says. And I will perform the oath which I swear unto Abraham thy father. Anytime you see Abraham in scripture, it's speaking of covenant. God made a covenant with Abraham, which is still operative today. Amen. Now, I don't want to go into all the, the details of how Isaac did, just like his daddy lied and said that uh, his wife was uh, his sister. That's not my point for tonight. But when he came to himself and he did what God wanted him to do, I want you to turn to uh, look at verse 12. Because this is a time of famine. Then Isaac did what? In that land. In what land? That land, in that place where God told him to be, where God told him to go. He sowed in that land, and watch what happened. And received next year. Hold up, I may need my glasses. I don't need my glasses. He received five years from. He received when? The same year he sowed was the same year he harvested. Because he was in the place God told him to be. Ooh, mama. Notice, in the same year he received a hundredfold. That word hundredfold doesn't necessarily mean hundred times. It means maximum return. Just like when you get your income tax, you want a maximum return. No, no, no. Check that again. It's something else that needs to be added to that. You understand what I'm saying? And the Lord blessed him. If that were not enough, he received a hundredfold return 
and the Lord blessed them. Now, I was like, how in the world? What does that mean? God, in other words, God says, when you do what I tell you to do during tough times, and you sow during tough times, not only will you get a hundredfold return on that seed, God said, I'm going to give you plus some. I'm going to give you good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. <laughs> uh, I tell you, it's blessing me. Thank you, Lord. I need this. Touch somebody and say, I'm going to sow my way out. So, strategic sowing. What does that mean, Pastor? Strategic sowing. God may impress upon your heart for the next, for every service, I want you to give a specific amount towards this breakthrough. Now, here come the devil talking. You're trying to talk you out of what you're supposed to do. Well, all they want is my money. No, 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 no. God is trying to get something to you. I said, God is trying to get something to you. He wants to get, he's not trying to take something from you. He's trying to get something to you. You might need to sow your way out of this one. That's what God placed in my heart. Every service, I want you to commit to sow a specific seed. Don't go less than that seed. And you make sure you have that seed every service. Yes, Lord. I'm sowing my way out. I'm sowing my way. Some members already shared with me. That that's what they're doing. Every service, they're committed to sowing this seed. You don't realize that you're working on something supernatural. Because a seed, oh, is like a fragrance to the Lord. You're going to get heaven's attention. I wish I had time. Go to, um, just as a footnote, Acts chapter 9. Oh, let's go to it. It's welcome to Bible study. Let's go to it. Amen. He sure give a lot of scriptures at that church. Yeah, but I tell you what, we won't be broke. Come on now. <laughs> you won't call me broke. You won't call me sick. You won't call me depressed. I want you to see Acts chapter 9. See, because you have to see the word of God for yourself. Don't just take the preacher's word for it. Look at Acts chapter 9 and verse 36. Here's a New Testament example of this. You have it? Now, there was at Joppa a certain disciple named Tabitha or Tabitha, however you want to say it, which is by interpretation, uh, she's called Dorcas. This woman was full of good works and alms deeds, which means she was a giver. Verse 37, and it came to pass in those days that Dorcas was sick and died, whom when they had washed, they laid her in an upper chamber. And for as much as Lydda was nigh to Joppa, this is one of her, her friends in the faith, and the disciples had heard that Peter was there, they sent unto him two men desiring him that he would not 